You're listening to the Cup of Joe Morning Show podcast, hosted by Joe Hunter on the Sound of Life at soundoflife.org. Now, this is a real lesson right here. It happened to a real person. And I know we have song outs very popular. You know, we need more, less of me, more of Jesus, right? But actually, it's you and Jesus together. When you come to Christ, he's going to give you supernatural gifts. He's going to take your talents that you have and use those. He's going to use your personality. Oh, yes, that's right. Now, here comes Agnes. I want to introduce you to her. And for six years, Agnes tried to make herself, quote, the perfect minister's wife, because she was a minister's wife. She was modeling herself after her adored mother-in-law, also a pastor's wife. She thought that in this role, she couldn't also be a writer and a painter. She wouldn't be able to do that. So she buried her creativity to become depressed and contemplated suicide, actually did. Only the help of a neighboring pastor moved her out of the darkness as he prayed with her and assigned her two hours of writing each morning. That awakened her to what she called her, quote, sealed orders. <laughs> God called, or, or calling God had given her, the calling God had given her. And she wrote, because she was a writer, for me to be really myself, my complete self, every flow of creativity that God had given me to find its channel. See, God has those sealed orders for you, and you may not, you may be suppressing those. Not only that, we'll know we're his beloved children, but we'll understand the unique ways we can serve him through our gifts and passions, through basically who you are. So don't be afraid to be who you are. You don't need to change. He'll lead you as you trust and delight in him. Got it? Okay, say yes. Bye. Waking up with a cup of joe. You make my drive to work so worth having. Thank you for the entertainment, the music, the love, the blessings. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. The sound of life. Alrighty. So, not to be too big of a deal, and you've probably heard about this in your church, hopefully, But, you know, for Haiti, the year 2020 was basically a tame warm-up act. So far in 2021 in Haiti, the president has been assassinated, sparking severe civil unrest. They've had a 7.2 magnitude earthquake that killed over 2,000 people. There have been 328 kidnappings so far, which is up almost 300. It's like way more than of the whole year last year, okay? So Saturday, 17 Christian missionaries were kidnapped by the gang known as 400 Mawozo, which uh, they were. it was on a trip to an orphanage. They got kidnapped as a group of 16 Americans, one Canadian. It was sent by Ohio-based Christian Aid Ministries and includes five children. The gang, 400 Mawozo, roughly translated means 400 inexperienced men. They're responsible for 80% of the mass kidnappings in Haiti, and they have shown a willingness to abduct anyone, anybody, street vendors, wealthy businessmen, priests, nuns, missionaries, and the demand ransoms ranging from $200 to a million dollars. So they're just looking for money. So we passed down the message from Christian Aid Ministries, and it says, join us in praying for those who are being held hostage, the kidnappers and the families, friends, and churches of those affected. So, Lord, we lift up 
the families, the friends, and the churches of those affected into your hands today. You love every one of those people. You created every one of those people. We pray for a special courage for all of them. Courage for the kidnappers to realize the truth in Jesus. That they may the the people kidnapped, the kids and the and the missionaries there be such a shining example of your light that they will want to be in on it. And I pray for safety for all involved, Lord, in Jesus' name. Jesus said, I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be children of your Father in heaven. For he causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. That's Matthew chapter 5, verses 44 and 45. Thanks for praying along. Remember them today. Thank you. A great way to start your day. Go ahead. Make my day. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. The sound of life. I can only imagine the woman who lived with her husband in a very isolated little place northwest corner of Ireland and on an island, and they kept track of the weather. You know, I used to do that one time. You ever do that, kid? Keep track. You look at the barometer is the big deal. Temperature and how it moves. You got those dials that move and stuff. And she noticed that the barometer was really dropping one day in 1944. It was June the 4th, 1944. And so she reported it in to the station that she reports to. And she said that. And she said, there's going to be a storm tomorrow going across the English Channel, okay? That's like she does every day. And lo and behold, after a certain amount of time, there was a reply on the radio, I guess. Please repeat, please repeat. Kind of sounded urgent. So she called her husband over, and she said, did I do something wrong? Look at the, look at the barometer. What do you, is it dropping? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's dropping. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. Going to be a storm. Okay, so she reported it back. And because of that information, General Eisenhower canceled the entire Allied invasion in Europe for one day. And it's a good thing he did, because she was right. A storm went across the English Channel. It would have been a bigger disaster, you know. But anyway, I just, I just say that. It's an incredible story because here she is. Who knows how many times she thought, nobody pays any attention to me and all that. Oh, yeah, you're very much needed in whatever you do. Okay? All right. The Cup of Joe Morning Show with Joe Hunter. Might as well get up do something. The Sound of Life. What in the world have you been up to lately? <laughs> yes, ma'am. What have you been up to? We've adopted um, a mother and kittens that are two years old. Uh, they're no messiness and they're no trouble. If anything, they're unconditional lovers. And um, they converse with my two adopted boys on the inside, on the screen, on the, the storm door. They literally, they have a voice. I know it because I see them. <laughs> they get like real quiet when I come around. Then I leave and I hear a little meow or somebody. The sound of life. I was talking about the elk with the um, tire around its neck. Amazingly enough, it must have done it when it was pretty young it was uh, they figured four years old they had seen it on trail cams this is out in colorado that's where the elk live uh it's one of the places and there's a lot of them and they are magnificent animals i know we love our deer you know the deer the 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 bulls with the big rack on top and stuff but elk have an amazing rack and they are big and this one did as well but it had this tire around it so the thing is i guess maybe 
I, you know, and honestly, I don't know. They didn't say if they lose their antlers every year or not, but they had been kind of monitoring it, and it had it on there for like a couple of years. And it wasn't really, it was able to eat and drink water and stuff like that, but still they thought, yeah, but you know, something could happen, right? It could hinder it. But they're hard to catch, hard to pinpoint. <laughs> it's a wide open place out there. And one day somebody saw it. A resident saw it and got in touch with wildlife, and they are commending the local residents, saying that's really very thoughtful of you to do that, to take care and appreciate your local wildlife. And so they were able to get to it, uh, get a tranquilizer into it. Now, I know what you're probably thinking. It would be easy. Just cut the tire off, right? Not so fast. Tires have a steel bead around. That's what keeps you from getting a flat easy to guess and and so they they couldn't do it that way so they had to take off a couple of the antlers uh you know the and 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 slip it out over its head and they did and then when they did they realized it was a good thing we did take it off really because a lot of debris had gotten inside the tired stuff and it was just going to get worse so it's really kind of cool there everything worked out really neat and i guess they'll still be Tracking it, and uh, man, you know that that elk probably realized what happened. You know, when he wakes up, he's like, "Whoa, oh man, I feel good now, right? I feel really good." Kind of like when you get baptized. <laughs> I was thinking, you know, we walk around a lot of times, we don't realize it, and we don't see it. And that elk probably didn't either. He probably didn't know. He just thought. Man, something's not right, right? And sometimes you think, I've got, I just got a hole in me or something is not right. And you were made for Jesus to fill that in case you didn't know. And until he does, all that junk's not coming off, right? And he said, give it to me, all right? Reaching the heart of the Northeast, the sound of life. Well, I know you've heard of Rosa Parks, right? Famous for giving up her, for refusing to give up her seat. I learned a lot about how transportation worked and how the segregation in buses and things like that worked. Really, it was pretty diabolical. Really, it was. They put you right off. You know, if a couple of white people got on, they just move the line down, right? You get off in the rain in the middle of the trip. Nice, real nice. Well, I digress. Elizabeth Jennings Place is a street you may have seen or may now want to look for in lower Manhattan. And it's not hasn't been there all that long, but it was it's been a while since uh, this woman named Elizabeth Jennings refused to leave a segregated streetcar. The year was 1854. It was on a Sunday. She was headed to be to her church where she was an organist, and she was running late. Now, they, they hadn't built the overhead rails yet. That was coming in a few years. And they had these private companies that did streetcars. The Third Avenue Railroad Company at the corner of Pearl and Chatham is where she got on the thing. And the conductor ordered her to get off. They would do that all the time. In fact, he tried to get her off by force. And I guess, you know, she's late for church, man. I'm not. And so they called the police officer and they got her off. Well, that incident sparked an organized movement, and it was to end racial discrimination on streetcars. And there were some notable people involved in it, and it worked. It did the thing. Um, and so she uh, got notoriety and stuff, but kind of got lost in history until um, some um, kindergarten students in New York City found out about her.
and they started petitioning for a street to be renamed. Isn't that cool? And in 2007, uh, they campaigned to do this, and they renamed a city block Elizabeth Jennings Place. So thank God for the, the organist who said, that's not right, you know. A great way to start your day, the Cup of Joe Morning Show. Came across this is pretty amazing, an active account. I will tell you this right now, this is a tissue grabber. It really is, and it's very convicting as well, but it's a great lesson in a story that really happened to a family and a mom in particular in a diner and how God works. They were the only family with children in the restaurant. She sat Eric in a high chair, and suddenly he squealed, Hi there! He pounded his hands on the high chair tray and wiggled and giggled with merriment. I looked around and saw the source of his merriment. It was a man with tattered rag of a coat, dirty, greasy, and worn. His pants were baggy with a zipper at half-mass, and his toes poked out of would-be shoes. His shirt was dirty and his hair uncombed and unwashed. His whiskers were too short to be called a beard. His nose was so varicose it looked like a road map. We were too far from him to smell him, but I was sure he smelled. His hands waved and flapped on Lute's wrist. Hi there, baby! I see you, buster! My husband and I exchanged looks and said, what do we do? Everyone in the restaurant noticed and looked at us, and then the man, the old geezer, was creating a nuisance with my beautiful baby. Our meal came, and the man began shouting across the room, Do you know Patty Cake? Do you know Peekaboo? Hey, look, he knows Peekaboo! Nobody thought the old man was cute. He obviously was drunk. My husband and I were embarrassed. We ate in silence, all except for Eric, who was running through his repertoire for the admiring Skid Row bum, who in turn reciprocated with his cute comments. We finally got through the meal, headed to the door. My husband went to pay the check and told me to meet him in the parking lot, and the old man sat poised between me and the door. Lord, just let me out of here before he speaks to me, or Eric, I prayed. Been there, done that. She said, as I drew closer to the man, I turned my back, trying to sidestep him and avoid any air he might be breathing. And as I did, Eric leaned over my arms, outstretched with both arms in a baby's pick-me-up position. Before I could stop him, Eric had propelled himself from my arms right into that man's arms. And suddenly, a very smelly old man and a very young baby consummated their love relationship. Eric, in an act of total trust, love, and submission, laid his tiny head on that man's ragged shoulder. The man's eyes closed, and I saw tears hover beneath his lashes, his aged hands full of grime, pain, and hard labor. Gently, so gently cradled my baby's bottom and stroked his back. No two beings have ever loved so deeply for such short a time. I stood awestruck. The old man rocked and cradled Eric in his arms for a moment, and then his eyes opened and set squarely on mine, and he said in a firm, commanding voice, you take care of this baby. And somehow I managed to say, I will, from a throat that contained a stone. He pried Eric from his chest unwillingly, longingly, as though he were in pain. I received my baby, and the man said, God bless you, ma'am. You've just given me my Christmas gift. I said nothing more than a, a muttered thanks. With Eric in my arms, I ran for the car, and my husband was wondering why I was crying and holding Eric so tightly, and why I was saying, my God, my God, forgive me. I just witnessed Christ's love shown through the innocence of a child who saw no sin, made no judgment, a child who saw a soul 
and a mother who saw a suit of clothes. I was a Christian who was blind. Holding a child was not, I felt, asking God, are you willing to share your son for a moment when he shared his for eternity? The ragged old man unwillingly had reminded me that to enter the kingdom of God, you know it, don't you? We must become as little children. Waking up with a cup of joe. I can't stop drinking the coffee. I stopped drinking the coffee. I've stopped doing the standing and the walking and the words putting into sentence doing. The sound of life. So it's talking about their ways that you can help a caregiver, special needs caregiver. And you may see him out in public and things like that and know somebody got a special needs child and you always want to help, right? We do that. We got that inside, all right? So there's ways to do that. And there's 10 specific ways that are really cool. Make the, Order them a meal. Making a meal for a family is never a bad idea. <laughs> it just isn't. I've heard people say, you know, they, they've come up and they, people provide meals like for a week or something. It's just amazing. Offering to clean their home. That is never a bad idea either um, for anybody, really, but especially them. Folding their laundry, helping them put it away. The biggest thing is time. That's the thing. They love what they're doing. They love being a caregiver to somebody with special needs. That is their calling. And they're equipped to do that. But the time, just like for anything, you know, you think your time, is they get so many big chunks of time. And that's what this is all about, really. I mean, you, if it's applicable, you can watch their kids in order to give them a parental rich reprieve or something. It may be a special situation. Invite other siblings over for play dates. Run errands for the family. Check in with them. Be a listening ear is always a good idea. Be their personal chauffeur. Cut their grass in the summer. Shovel snow in the driveway for in the winter. Stuff like that. It's really cool. And, of course... The extra tip, I said 10, but actually the 11th tip is praying for them. Prayer is very powerful. Put them on that little list right there and say, Lord, take care of them today. Provide for them specially. You know, I know you want to and you will, but I just want to make sure you do. You know, once they checking in, if I don't have something because they have something, that's okay. Right. Give them wisdom and strength. Right. Your grace to go forward. Pretty amazing there. Let them know that you're involved in their life and you love them very special, right? They know they're loved because you take care of them. So I posted on the Cup of Joe Morning Show Facebook page right there. It's from iBelieve.com. Pretty good way to help people. A great way to start your day. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. Oh, you look like a man who could use more coffee. The sound of life. So my wife and I were going, Really? Is it that time of the year? It is Operation Christmas Child shoebox thinking about at this time of the year. Now, the collection week comes up in the middle of November, starts actually the 15th of November. So you've you got plenty of time to get your shoebox done. But here's the thing. Materials. They have materials for free. Promotional materials. Now, it, the orders have to be placed by this Saturday, the 23rd, to get the free materials. You can get pre-printed shoebox. The deadline order for those is November the 1st. So guys are going, oh, still got plenty of time. I got a couple of days. It's okay. It goes very quickly, right? 
Operation Christmas Child. I tell you, kudos to Liz in our church. We saw the video Sunday, and she picked uh, just an incredible video. I've never seen this man before talking about being a child during the Rwandan genocide and all that that entailed. But what really changed his life was something that was inside an Operation Christmas Child shoebox that he got a few years later working through all of this. There was a post-it note. He said, I love that little red toy fire truck in there. But the post-it note on it that said, Jesus loves you, and I do too. I love you too. Somebody that didn't know me miles away proved their love because they gave me a gift, and they loved me. And he said, it really changed my life around. I've got uh, experiences like that as well, too, because they, they love to share, right? And I've got one for you that I posted uh, on the Cup of Joe Morning Show Facebook page, all right? So that's pretty cool. Real-life experience. You can check it out. And by all means, change a life around the world. Think of all the kids that are being affected by all the mess going on around the world. These lives have been changed thanks to Operation Christmas Child, Samaritan's Purse, since the mid-'80s at least. So let's keep it going here this year. OCC. Your daily dose of encouragement. I've got a smile on my face. And a twinkle in my eye. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. The sound of life. 21-year-old Sean and 14-year-old Mahesh, they were wandering in the desert. Boy, must have really been wondering. I hope they got close to God out there, I tell you, because it's a miracle. They were found. They were feared. They were in grave danger because it was so hot and without water. Um, 104 degrees. But they did found them. They found they found one of them on one day, and then the next day they found the other. And I don't know how they got uh, sur- se- separated, but they did. But, you know, the extreme temperatures and the lack of water, it's uh, pretty amazing. They were out there, um, I don't know, a certain amount of days. I was looking to see how many, uh, you know, an, but enough days so that the police said, that if it, it, I don't, they don't know how they survived without water, pretty incredible. They said if they if they did, then it was an absolute miracle that they survived. Waking up with a cup of Joe. Good morning. Good morning. Rise and shine. The sound of life. Good to be back. Yes, I wasn't here yesterday. In case you didn't notice, <laughs> okay, I was sleeping. I don't know some kind of. You know, uh, allergy thing, stuff like that. But nowadays, everybody's worried about you. You know, somebody said, boy, hope you don't sip water wrong in a restaurant and start coughing. Cause you might as well go play in traffic nowadays. Because I've been in a store before and going, <clears throat> you know, that kind of thing. But I feel, I feel like a million bucks right now. Pretty amazing. I was thinking uh, when I was a kid, I remember looking out our back window of their house in North Carolina and seeing a cow. A dairy cow at the birdbath. <laughs> Can you picture that? Well, it wasn't all that unusual. And I know you're probably thinking, well, everybody had cows. Did not know. They didn't. But a family, which really was about a half a mile away, as the road got more rural <laughs> down there, did. And one of them, it's pretty amazing that the cow wandered that far. And I tell you, I don't know what we did after that. But recently, a bison caused a stir in North Carolina. It was, it escaped, obviously. (laughs) They don't cause a stir unless they escape, you know what I'm saying? But it was spotted wandering uh, near a school, and um, it was just kind of wandering around. 
uh, visiting the elementary school. Uh, it was safely captured, but uh, it causes a stir. You know, they're kind of wondering. The kids must have gotten really excited about that. This is all some kind of whacked out conspiracy. I don't think so. The Cup of Joe Morning Show with Joe Hunter. Pop some bacon on a biscuit and let's go. We're burning daylight. The sound of life. You know, we love babies when they're rescued. We really do. Pretty amazing story right here. Gina, I mean, worst nightmare, you know, you got the baby in the back seat of the car and all that, and you just run into the house to get something. The car's still running. The trip's only going to take a minute or two. Three-month-old son's all strapped in and everything. She comes back outside, and the car's gone. You imagine what you'd be feeling? I mean, I, 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 I can't even imagine it. I can't. I don't think you can until it happens to you, and your heart must literally stop. It's incredible. Thankfully, she called the police, and the police put out word, you know, missing van with the child and all this, and along comes Brittany and her Aunt Jenny riding along, and their hearts broke when they heard the news story, so they dropped everything. They said, we're going out looking. Isn't that amazing? The selflessness, uh, devotion to that is absolutely amazing. She said, if it was my baby, I'd want people to be out there looking as well. They're riding around praying, looking for clues with the windows rolled down in cold weather. This was in Illinois. And, you know, they're just like, God, give us a sign or something. And he did. They heard the baby's cries. They heard crying and they turned around and went and ran down the ditch. And there was a baby laying in the ditch. No kidding. Three-month-old baby face down in the ditch. Uh, the, they said they, so whoever took the van must have just, you know, well, you know how that goes. Throw the baby out. Sometimes some babies are valuable and some are not. Well, Brittany and Jenny there were really good Samaritans. They really were. They found the baby boy just in time. And the authorities said they probably wouldn't have made it much longer. Complete selflessness took the time out to look for my baby, even though she has her own family. Pretty amazing. Um, you know, the Bible says, look, not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Mm. The sound of life. Certainly, if you were lost at sea, you would be in a position where you would really believe for it. These two men. It's the latest rescue story here. Leve and Junior set out from the Solomon Islands on the morning of September 3rd. In their massive 23-foot Yamaha motorboat, I'm saying that tongue-in-cheek, because being on the open water, 23 feet, Yamaha motorboat. Now, they're going to travel 124 miles right south to New Georgia Island. They've done this before. They keep the land that they can see on the left, they keep that in view, and everything is good, and they've got GPS. But then the weather came in, and then the weather was bad. And then the weather got worse. And then it got really scary when the GPS died. They said they couldn't see anywhere, so they just decided to stop the engine and wait to save fuel. They had brought oranges. Yay! Woo! They survived on oranges that they packed for the trip and coconuts they collected from the sea. Okay. And rainwater. This is very clever. They trapped rainwater using a piece of canvas. They did that for 29 days. Well, you're out on the open 
ocean, right? They floated and they found uh, were found by fishermen off the coast of Papua New Guinea. That's 248 miles from where their journey began. They they said they didn't know where they were, but they didn't expect to be in another country. And they had a remarkably positive outlook. <laughs> they really did. They said, well, we had no idea what was going on out there. We didn't hear any news or anything. He said, I kind of look forward to going back home, but I guess it was a nice break from everything. Reaching the heart of the Northeast, the sound of life. Well, it all began on August 26. It was a frenzied rush to get around 3,000 Afghan refugees and French nationals out of Afghanistan. We've got the hangar that was happening, pretty much chaos around there. His name is Xavier, and he was approached by someone amid the chaos. Military woman comes up to me and says, sir, we have a clandestine. I was like, okay, that's a problem. So I go see the clandestine. They bring me this cardboard box. There was a slit in it, <laughs> and in the slit, I could see the golden eyes of the mina bird. It's a talking bird, mina bird. Turns out the bird's name was Juji, belonged to a young Afghan refugee. <sighs> that was her dear pet, obviously, and she'd fought through everything to keep her little feathered friend by her side. She couldn't take it with her. It was deemed as unsanitary. It was against the regulations. But he was looking at her in tears by the time he got to her. And, you know, it was just so sad. I mean, she fought through everything to keep her pet with her. He said, you know, it's been so cruel, this whole experience on this girl. And so many people have been terrible. He said it'd be heartless to add an additional and unnecessary cruelty. And so he decided... I'll look after the bird. And he looked at her, and she had a look of desperate gratefulness. He said, I'll never forget the look on her face. And, he said, and this little guy turned out to be pretty fierce. He said, he, he showed me that he survived the Cabo airport. I was no match for this bird right here. But he since has taken him to the office. He's gotten to know other birds. They make videos of him, and they have kept in touch with this girl, which is really pretty cool. There was a video of the bird that went viral and got to this girl. She was elated that Juji was being so well cared for and even becoming bilingual. Because one day it said, bonjour. <laughs> it's so cool. And so it's become the embassy, the French embassy's mascot. But he promised to personally escort that cheeky little bird back to that girl if and when I can. That's my promise. The Cup of Joe Morning Show with Joe Hunter. Oh, you're a smooth talker. You are. You are. The sound of life. You know, there's a lot of times we have interactions with people and we jump to judgment because of the interaction that we have with them. Maybe it's not pleasant. You know, maybe they have a little bit of an edge to them. I want to encourage you to be reminded that we've all gone through stuff. And sometimes we're not handling that stuff as well as we'd like to or that we should be. Giving grace, showing kindness, and just being in general just a little bit more flexible with people, I think that can show a lot of love to them and actually go a long way in showing a good representation of Christ. Waking up with a cup of joe. I can't imagine traveling to school every day without it. It helps 
me um, in my prayer over our school and our students and teachers. So thank you for all that you do. The Sound of Life. Just want to say thank you. You know, a couple weeks ago, we had our fall days of hope here at The Sound of Life, and you guys stepped up in a big way. We're so thankful for you, our listening family, and your partnership with The Sound of Life. And if you didn't have a chance to give, well, let you know, we're still looking for some extra funds for our equipment fund to kind of help keep the station strong. You can give right now on our website, soundoflife.org. The Cup of Joe Morning Show with Joe Hunter. You're as funny as a cry for help. The Sound of Life. Hi, I'm Heather here at The Sound of Life. I want to encourage you to check out our Facebook page today. I got a question up there, and I'd love your feedback. Would you rather bake fall cookies or... Would you rather decorate your home for fall? Me, I'm all about the cookies. Can I just say that? I'm not a big decorator. I don't love to decorate my home. I love to experience other people's decorations for fall, but uh, it's just never been something that I've gotten into. Now, we decorate for Christmas, but that's about it. But I would bake the cookies. I love cookies, and I'd love to share those with uh, some of my friends as well. But which one would you choose? I have that question up on our Facebook page today. We're the Sound of Life on Facebook. A great way to start your day. Go ahead. Make my day. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. The Sound of Life. Do you believe that? Do you believe that God can do crazy, amazing things? I think there's times where we forget that. Hey, it's Heather. This is the sound of life. God is still the same God of the amazing things that he did in the Bible. And I think we just don't remember that, right? We don't see that. We don't leave space for God to move in that way. But God is still that same God, and we can trust him for big things. Reaching the heart of the Northeast, the sound of life. If you are dry right now, I want to encourage you. Hey, it's Heather. This is the Sound of Life filling in for the Cup of Joe Morning Show. Pray. Get into God's Word. I think we all go through periods where we're just dry spiritually. And it it feels a little discombobulating. At least it does to me when I go through these periods. But man, when I get back into God's Word... And I realize just the power that is in the words of the Bible and how encouraging that can be. It actually changes things for me. So if you're feeling a little dry today, get into God's word. The sound of life. I was thinking the other day how much I've grown, how much God has grown me, and that it was really through some difficult circumstances that God did that. And I used to be a big one to just rush to judgment on people. Well, why are they acting like that? And why are they doing that? And then I went through a difficult time, our family did, with a lot of uncertainty. And it was kind of a blow to our family. And now I don't jump to judgment as quickly. I still do sometimes, but not as quickly because I don't know what people are facing. I have no idea what's going on in their home. And I don't want to jump to that judgment because I wouldn't want someone to do that to me. So let's proceed with kindness and grace and not think the worst and jump to those conclusions about people. The Cup of Joe Morning Show with Joe Hunter. Might as well get up, do something. The Sound of Life. Do you know that we have a prayer wall? Yeah, on our website, soundoflife.org, you can post a prayer request and someone will come along and pray for you. You don't have to hesitate. We're here for you. We want to pray for you. Check it out. You can go to the prayer section on our website, soundoflife.org. Reaching the heart of the Northeast, the sound of life. I want to remind you that life is messy. 
And it's messy for everybody. Like you may see someone's social media post and think, oh, that must be nice, right? But that's not reality. You can't base like your reality off of someone else's highlight reel. And for us as believers, to be able to step into messiness with people is really important and to allow people to step into our messiness. Like messiness is a part of everybody's life. We don't get to get away from that, unfortunately, but we are allowed to have people come alongside us or we can be those people for somebody else to help us through the messiness of life. You've been listening to the Cup of Joe Morning Show podcast on the Sound of Life, the Hudson Valley's 100% listener-funded Christian radio station. For more information on upcoming events, contests, to ask for prayer, and to become a member of the Sound of Life family by supporting the station, visit us at soundoflife.org.